Thank you so much for being here. My name is Thomas Lane, and this is our podcast. Every Monday, we release the latest message from our church, so be sure to subscribe so you never miss it. We hope this word encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Very soon, we'd love to welcome our online families. Families joining around the fireplace at home. Um, We have military listening and watching, so we'd like to make some noise for them. So I'm going to count to three, and we're going to do a shout, kids included, kids included, because we want to welcome our friends online. So on behalf of Ascent Church, we're glad you're here. One, two, three, somebody get it! That's it, I like that. That's it. Y'all are bringing it, and I'm excited. Today's a different day, though it is. I had to shorten the sermon by 10 minutes. Somebody say, praise him. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. If it doesn't inspire you, I'm sorry. If I say something a little heretical, again, I'm sorry. I had to shorten it by 10 minutes because, you know, kids are in the house. We got we to gotta make things happen. We had a miscommunication. There's a, there's a scrapbooking convention. This is not a joke. I know y'all are like, the, where's the punchline? There is, this is it. We got the call. There's a scrapbooking convention. And I was told to be nice for the scrap, to the scrapbookers. We're a church for everyone, especially even scrapbookers. A lot of my staff love scrapbooking. Weston Hanna, our creative director, loves it. He's a huge fan. Brandon did the welcome. He's a massive scrapbooker. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for him. But today we're not talking about scrapbooking. We're talking about road trips. Who loves a road trip? Yeah, I like that. Now, who thinks that music is the best part of a road trip? Anybody? Who thinks the, the snacks? are the best part. And that's the only two things I'm asking. If you're like, I like the companionship. Sorry, I'm not even asking that. Because for me, it's music or snacks. And I love them both. But what I've noticed about road trips, it's not often where you're going on the road trip. The things that are most memorable to me are the little stops along the way. Amen? Right on. I've done many trips. I've driven to Birmingham. I've driven to Boston multiple times. And the things that are most like memorable to me are the stops, especially the random stops. My dad and I have driven to Boston multiple times and there's this little diner. It was like the blue something, blue star something diner. I don't even know what state we're in, Vermont, Connecticut, somewhere, but it's just very, very memorable to me where we stopped. I take my staff on this thing every fall, it's fall retreat. And we, we stop in Roanoke. We do some hiking. We plan the year. We dream. We pray. We think big picture. And I remember very vividly a stop on the road trip. We stopped in Roanoke. We ate dinner. You remember those little electric scooters before they were illegal? You remember those when they were everywhere? We were at dinner. We literally downloaded the app at dinner, right? Right? Got on them after dinner and just went buck wild, right? Super illegal. Going down the wrong side of the road, almost hitting car doors, it's memorable. I think we're on like an exit ramp at some point. I'm not sure how it happened. It's memorable. It's memorable. This is a sermon for someone today on a journey. This is for someone on a journey. This is for someone who maybe isn't where they thought they'd be in life. This is for someone who's not on a path that they thought they would take. Because six months ago, a year ago, if someone said, you're going to be at a church in a hotel, you'd be like, hmm? Right on? If, if someone found out the people you were hanging out with, right? If you were to look back a year and say, you're going to hang out with these people, you'd say, really? Right on? Some of you, I'm looking at some of you, 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 you told me, you're like, hey, we thought God was having us in this house forever. We thought this is our home, forever home, and God said we're going to move on. That's crazy. Some of you have told me, hey, we thought we were only going to be stationed here for a little bit of time. 
And, and we're actually saying, like we're saying for a while, it's a crazy thing. This one is for you. We're going back to Mark chapter 6, verse 45. If it sounds familiar, you paid attention last week. Come on. It says, immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida. Somebody say Bethsaida. Good work, kids. While he dismissed the crowd. Now, the sermon last week was all about a storm because while they're on the boat, there's a storm. There's a windstorm. They, they can't get ahead. They can't go where they're trying to go. And last week's sermon was called, When I'm Stuck in a Storm. And if you're stuck in a storm, you can go back to YouTube or iTunes. You can check that out. You can share that with someone who's stuck in a storm. But the, the point of last week, just to recap, was the storm sent them to a place they didn't expect. Right on. I'm going to ask you, have you ever had a storm send you on a detour? Have you ever had a storm? It's going to come, buddy. Don't you worry. It's coming. The people who've lived life a little bit. Where are my people who've lived a little bit of life? Yeah, a little bit of life. You know a storm has sent a few of you on a detour. It's just how it goes. And this could be a relational thing. It could be a physical thing. It could be an emotional thing. It could be a mental health thing. This could be a thing where maybe you're not where you thought you'd be with God. You, you used to be much closer. Or maybe you thought you would never believe in God and here you are. Here at church, that's some of us in the front row serving today. It's fascinating. Now, here's what I want you to remember from last week if you were here. Jesus' disciples were struggling. They didn't understand who Jesus was. They didn't get him. They, they were amazed at him, but they couldn't recognize him. They're like, we think you're amazing, but we don't get you. He was teaching and it says they just didn't understand it. They were like, they thought, him, they thought they saw him coming and they thought he was a ghost. That's how a lot of us are. We see Jesus from a distance and we're trying to figure him out. You need to understand Jesus does not want to stay at a distance. He always wants to bring you, always wants to bring you closer. Always wants to draw you close. He wants to be intimate. He wants to be in your family, in your life, in your business. He's always drawing us close. They didn't understand Jesus and they felt lost. If you ever have had a question about God, or if you have ever felt lost in any situation, this one's for you. They're in this storm. They're lost. They're confused. They don't understand him. And look what happens. Essentially, Jesus reveals himself to them. They get to know him a little bit better. But the story gets interesting in verse 53. Follow me to verse 53. Good. It says, when they had crossed over a lake, they landed at Genesaret. Somebody say Genesaret. And they anchored there. As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. Now, the, the close readers will, will notice that was not the destination of the road trip. Jesus said, go to Bethsaida. He said, go to Bethsaida. I'm going to meet you at Bethsaida. They had this moment, this storm, this windstorm. They didn't recognize him. And then they landed Genesaret. And if you're like me, you don't know much about ancient cities. You're like, where's that? Is that like next door? That's about 50 miles away. It's a different side of the lake. It's interesting, Jesus is taking them there, and the clue of what he's going to do is in verse 54. It says, as soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. Jesus is going to use this little detour he's taking them on to get to know them in a more intimate way, for them to finally recognize him, finally see him. And the name of the sermon is this. If you're taking notes in your steno pad or whatever you're writing on, the title of the sermon is this. Don't waste your detour. Don't waste your detour. The kids are focused. Somebody tell your neighbor, your socially distanced neighbor, tell them, don't waste your detour. 
Friends, have you ever gotten where you thought you were going the way you thought you would get there? Have you ever actually had a plan in life and it actually played out the way you expected it to? Very, very rarely. If you can go back five years, 10 years, 20 years and look back, there's no way you would have guessed, you know what, this is exactly where I thought I'd be standing in this day. There's no way. There's no way. It's not how life works. Our life is one detour after another, after another, after another. After college, I was set to go to the seminary, this divinity school, to learn to do this in Chicago. I had visited it. I got a scholarship. I had my roommates picked out, my meal plan picked out. Everything was in line. Three weeks before I left, I got a call from a seminary, a divinity school in Boston. And I was hoping people would be like, ah, dude, it's too, like, you're already going to Chicago. Everything's fine. Just go with it. But everyone I asked said, you should look into it. And I ended up going to that school in Boston. It was just a better fit for me. I got the scholarship. It was half of the tuition. And I said, praise God, I'm in. I'll do that. I'll do that plan. It was the Tim Keller Scholarship for Pastoral Ministry. And at that point in my life, I didn't, never heard of Tim Keller, didn't know who that was. Turns out, he ended up, he, he's now my hero. If you come to this church, okay, you've heard me quote him. If you haven't heard me quote him and you come to this church, you're not paying attention. I listen to him all the time, and he was a church planter. I'm convinced one of the main reasons we're here is because I went to Boston, got that scholarship, learned about him, and followed in that path. Helen, my wife, we met in high school. We didn't get married in high school. That's weird. We met in high school, I said. Pay attention. I know. She, I, I went to the public school. Who went to public school? I did. Helen went to the private school. Mmm, very fancy. Mmm, she had caviar and was at the country club. Very, very fancy. Mm, yes. And she was at the private school and it was good. She wanted to do this thing called Young Life. It's a high school ministry. It's great. And she wanted that at her private school. The private school said no, so she said, see ya. She came to the public school. And at freshman, or I guess she was a junior, at junior orientation, like new student orientation, I was assigned to them to welcome them to the school because I was an SCA and a big nerd. That's where I met my wife. That's where I met my in-laws. All right, be careful when you meet people. You never know when you're going to be meeting your future in-laws. Okay? It was a detour. It was a detour. It was one detour after another. Friends, here's what I want to ask you because you're on a detour. You're either on one or you just left one or you're about to be on one. Friends, could you not be moving forward because there's something you still haven't learned in this season? Because Jesus' disciples, they didn't understand them. They didn't get them. He didn't get them. And they said, guys, we're trying to go to Bethsaida, but you're confused. You don't get it. So we're going to take a little detour. I'm going to reveal myself to you. What was that thing for you in school that you struggled with? Who was, where, my, where are the people who struggle with math? Don't you lie to me. Okay, the, the, the ratios are off. Okay. Um, it was something. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was foreign language. We all had that thing we struggled with that we ran into the wall with that was holding us back from moving forward. And I love that our God is so compassionate. He's so merciful. He's so good. He's wanting to say, all right, honey, let's slow down. Okay. You're not ready to go to this place yet. We're going to learn. Some, we're going to go over here. We're going to learn some things. You're going to get to know me better. I'm going to figure out some stuff. And then we're going to be ready to go. That is the mercy 
and compassion of our God. That's who He is. I'm looking at some people. You want to move forward. You want to move forward. You're like, God, I want you to advance me in my career, uh, in, my, in my relationships. I want you to move me forward in this. I want you to move forward in that. And this, this is, I'm going to come at some of you lovingly. Lovingly, I love you. People tell me all the time, this example, they say, my finances are bad. They're bad, really bad. They're, they say, I, make, I work hard. I make 30000 and they're bad. But you know what? If I just made 60000 everything would be fine. If I just made 100000 everything would be fine. If I just made 200000 everything would work out. And I've had, to have some hard, I've had to have some hard conversations, and I've had to explain. Friends, listen, if you can't manage 30000 you're not going to be able to manage 60000 It's a hard lesson. If you can't manage 30000 how are you going to manage 100000 You're just going to blow it at a bigger level. That's true. God might have you at a place and you need to learn to give with this, serve with this, be content with this, be joyful with this, okay? And then you're ready. Okay, I think we can move on a little bit. Because we've all heard that story in the lottery. Someone hits a lottery and they blow it. And you're like, how would they do that? I would never do that. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Some of y'all are out there praying for the one. You're like, I'm not with the one, but one day I'm going to meet the one. If you can't manage where you're at now, maybe you're single, maybe you're dating around, I don't know, but if you can't manage where you are now, how are you going to manage it when you meet the one? I don't know if I want applause on this or not, but some of y'all are probably thankful you got some crazy out of the way with someone who wasn't the one, okay? So when you met the one, you're like, okay, I'm appreciative. I'm thankful. I get it. I'm, I'm prepared. God's shown me some things. He's revealed some things. I rely on men too much. I rely on women too much. I, I, I need to work on this area. That's a good thing. We start a relationship series next week. Okay, it's called This Is Us. You should come. You should bring a friend. You should bring a date. <laughs> Just saying. You should come. You should come hang out. Friends, when you're on a detour. Good job, kids. When you're on a detour, yes, I'm going to keep saying it, rather than whine or moan or lose faith, I want you to ask him, what are you teaching me on this detour? So I want you to ask him. Because what you have to see what Jesus did, when he took him on that detour, he did some amazing things. Here's what he did. He did some teaching. He taught them some new things. See, they had some, they had a lot of discussions. He took them to some new places. I'm looking at some people, God's taking you to a new place. My favorite part of the detour, though, is that, is this. This is amazing. He, he, he repeated a miracle. Isn't that fascinating? A lot of you, if you're a church person, you've heard of this miracle where Jesus fed the 5,000. He fed 5,000 people at a time. Right on, he fed 5,000. 5, it's pretty cool. So here's what happened. Jesus is with the disciples. He's hanging out with them. He fed the 5,000. It was a miracle. He took some bread and fish, fed 5,000, and they still didn't get him. On this detour, he fed a crowd of 4,000. Same thing, loaves, fishes. And I love our God. He's like, I just did this. You saw me. It went through your hands. You didn't get it. Let's slow down. Let's do it again. That's so cool that he does that. It's so cool. It's so powerful. It shows his heart. It shows his character. He's not yelling at you. He's not smacking you. He's saying, honey, come on, let, let, me, let me show you what I'm capable of. Let me show you what I can do. He repeated it. And that is such 
a powerful thing. Ask him, what are you teaching me on this detour? Because friends, what seems like a detour to you was the plan all along for him. Let me say that again. This is for someone in the back or someone online. What seems like, I'm going to look right into the camera when I say it. What seems like a detour to you was the plan all along for him. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to ask that question, God, where are you? What are you doing? Where is he? He's right beside you. Where is he? He's going before you. Where is he? He's, he's got your back. He's watching your six. That's where he is. So don't ask, God, why am I here? Ask, what are you teaching me on this detour? Because he's not shocked at the disappointment. He's not confused at your loss. He's not frustrated at that setback. He's sovereign and he's guiding you. Will you let him write your story? He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Will you put the pen down? Will you quit taking the phone from him and type new coordinates on Google Maps? Will you just relax and go along for the journey? Because you're on a detour, but it's always been plan A for him. Praise God, we need it. We need it. We're going to jump down to Mark 8.22. Now, if you're a Bible nerd or a theologian, this is called, it has a name, it's called the Markin Detour. One of my professors, this was her PhD study. Like this was like her thing. It's what she studied. It's what she did. It's called the Markin Detour. And here's where it ends. Notice, it says, Mark 8.22. It says, they came to Bethsaida. Somebody say Bethsaida. This is, this, was, they, this is where he told them to go in the first place, but they weren't ready. They didn't know him well enough. They didn't understand enough. They had some questions, some confusion. And God is ready to take you to a new place when you're ready. When you're ready. Stop telling him you're ready. He knows. I think sometimes when we tell him you're ready, you're not ready. But I think if you relax and trust his sovereignty, you're going to get there. They took him to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Watch what he does. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Now, this is, they, were all, they were lepers, they were deaf people, they were blind people. He deliberately chose this miracle as a picture. He says, guys, this is what I'm doing to you. This is what he did to the 12, and this is what he's doing to everyone in this room. He's saying, I'm going to take you by the hand, sweetheart. Come with me. I'm going to lead you off to a new place, and I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to allow you to see clearly who I am for maybe the first time. That's what he's doing. It's what he did to them. And I believe it's what he's doing in someone's life right now. He's restoring your sight. He's showing you who he really is. He's showing that you can trust him on the detour. Friends, the second thing I want you to ask on the detour is this. We're going to ask, what are you teaching me on this detour? When my business doesn't go how I want it, and that relationship didn't go how I wanted, when that small group didn't go how I wanted, we're going to do that. The second thing we're going to ask, this is the most important, is how am I growing closer to God on this detour? Because that was the main takeaway. That they started to, and right after this, we don't have time to get to it because the scrapbookers. <laughs> Sorry. It's a good passage. You missed it. It's good. I wish I could get there. But this is the point. This is the point. This leads up to the point when Jesus looks him in the eye and he says, hey, who, who does everyone say I am? And they answer, he says, no, no, no. Who do you say I am? 
This is the point when they say, you're the Messiah. This is the point when their eyes were fully open, when they fully realized it. How am I growing closer to God on this detour? We care all about results. We don't care enough about character. God cares a lot about your character. God cares a lot about your growth. We care about the external things. He's looking at the heart. One of the hardest verses in all scripture, I'm going off my notes a second, is this, just so you know. It's Luke 6, 46. Jesus looked at them and he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do what I tell you? Ooh. You call me Lord. You say I'm the Lord of your life, but why aren't you following me? Why aren't you trusting me? Why aren't you treating me as Lord? It's all about discipleship with him. It's all about sitting at his feet and learning from him, making, making, allowing him to make you conform to the image of the Son. It's all about surrendering your heart and your life to him. It's all about growing in discipleship, allowing him to be Lord of your life. The most valuable thing you could get from your detour is intimacy with Christ. That's it. And if you're coming to church looking for a promotion, he might give you a promotion or a date. You might get a date next week. Those are all good things. Those are all good things. But don't mistake the best thing. Don't mistake why we're here. It's for intimacy with Christ. And I don't know if we get intimacy with Christ if we're steering the ship. I think he's got to take us on a detour. A place where we didn't expect to be. Friends, I wanted to tell you, don't waste your detour. Don't waste it. Yo, you need to understand, we get lost. We get lost. We get lost all the time. And scripture says that God loves you so much he sent his son to live the perfect life, to die the perfect death, to take our place in being separated from God so you and I would never have to. When Jesus looked out upon the crowds, one of the first moments in his ministry, he looked out upon you, he looked out upon me, and you know what he said about you? He didn't say, you're doing pretty good and you just need a, a little push. He said, they are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Friends, the good news is that our shepherd came to find us. And I don't know if calling you a sheep encourages you or if it shows you the reality of the situation, but you need to understand something. Sheep is not a compliment. My little two-year-old, he has a little, I see him right now, he's so cute. He has a little, little stuffed animal called Lammy. It's very cute. And he holds Lammy, cuddles Lammy, sleeps with Lammy. And when I first heard God called me a sheep, that's what I thought. I'm his little sheep and I'm really sweet and shocked and he cuddles me and walks me. That's not what he's saying. Sheep wander away. Sheep get lost. Sheep need a game plan to get back. Now, Keller was saying this the other day. If a dog gets lost and you go out and find that dog, yeah, the dog might even follow you home. It might see his master and might, might walk back with you. That's cool. If a cat and even though it's, even if it's an evil cat, the cat gets lost, you see it, maybe it'll recognize you, maybe it'll walk home with you. Cool. But a sheep, a sheep won't do that. Sheep will fight and bite and kick and scream. The only way a shepherd can get a sheep home is to grab it, put it on its shoulders, and to carry it home. And that's what Jesus came to do for you. Praise God.
<laughs> because if he left us to figure it out on our home, we would be eternally lost. Friends, you need to understand he's got in your path. It's not what you expected. But you need to understand he is the author and the finisher of our faith. The only thing we as sheep contribute to the situation is the lostness. That's all we contribute. Is the sin that made us lost in the first place. He has to come, put us on his shoulders, deal with our sin. He dealt with it on the cross and carry us home. That's what he came to do. So friends, I'm talking to someone. You are not where you thought you'd be. You're not on a path you thought you would take, but you need to see what God's going to do. He's going to bring it back around. He's going to get you to Bethsaida when it's time. He's going to reveal who he really is. Our shepherd loves us. He is with us. He's guiding us. And friends, don't ever forget. Don't waste your detour. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more, make sure to subscribe and check out the channel for past content. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate it. And please also consider sharing it with a friend. You can text it to a friend or post it on social and tag at Ascent Church VA. For more content from Ascent and to connect with Ascent Church, please visit ascentchurch.net. Your best days are ahead of you. The future is bright. See you next time.